Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? He said that uh, time and time again, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. So we know what the Father's all about by looking at Jesus. Just look at Jesus and you get to know the Father. In fact, one of his disciples said, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus looked at him and said, have I been with you so long, Philip, that you don't know the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I never saw Jesus go out and afflict anybody. Did you? I mean, I can't. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I don't see Jesus go out there and break somebody's leg, knock the crutches out from underneath them, knock them on the ground, or even bruise them. Never, have you ever seen Jesus do anything like that? No, no, no. He just did what? He just went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. It was the devil, it is the devil, that oppresses people with sickness, with infirmity, with injuries, with all these problems that we see in the world today. The devil is the one behind it, not God. And we can't be confused about that. Because if we're confused about it, then how in the world are we going to receive healing from him? If you're confused about it. I mean, there was a leper, apparently he was a little confused, and he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you're willing... You can make me clean. In other words, you can heal me of this leprosy. And Jesus looked at him and said, I'm willing. Be cleansed. Be healed. And the man was instantly healed. But Jesus answers the question, is it God's will for you to be healed? Is it God's will to heal you? Well, the Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. In other words, what he would do for one, he does for all. He has, you know, he's got no, the Bible says he has no personal favorites. He doesn't look and say, you know, I like this guy more than that guy. That's not how God works. God so loved the whole world. So, how did he love the world? So loved the world. It's a so-so love. He so loved the world. See, God loves everybody. He died for the whole world. Now, not the whole world is receiving Jesus. But he died for the whole world. He's not willing that any should perish, the Bible says, but that all come to repentance. And yet people are, people are perishing all the time for all eternity. They're not repenting. They're not coming to him. So Jesus settled it once and for all. When he answered that man, he answered anybody that would ask that question. When people say, if it be thy will, we got the answer. We got the answer. I'm willing. I'm willing. In fact, it's kind of insulting to the Lord to even ask, Lord, if it be your will. That's like, Lord, I don't know. I mean, you might not want me healthy and strong. You might want me to suffer. You, you might like me walking around in pain. What in the world are you accusing him of? What are you accusing him of? You're accusing him of not being good. You're, you're, not, you're, you're accusing him of not being merciful. You're accusing him of not really caring about what you're going through. It's insulting. So we got to get the insults out. Let's stop insulting God and understand you are good. 
You are good, and I thank you for my breakthrough tonight. I thank you. I'm breaking through this problem. I'm breaking through this situation. Lord, I thank you. You're a God of healing. You're a God of miracles. And your will for me to be healed and delivered is right now. Right now. Not, not tomorrow, not someday, but today's the day. The Bible says today, because that's another one. See, people come along and say, well, in God's timing. But the Bible tells you his timing. It says today's the day of salvation. And that word salvation is a Greek word sozo, which means healing, which means deliverance from every evil thing. He says, he says, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation, of healing, of deliverance. Right now, right now, right now. Now, sometimes it's a process for people because that has to do with their faith them getting their minds renewed to the reality of how good God is and what God wants to do in their life. And so, you know, it, we're a work in progress. Yeah. And so sometimes it takes some time uh-huh. to get a hold of some things, especially when you have to unlearn a bunch of things. Yeah. When you're told things like, well, God don't do that anymore. Even though the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But yet we got folks telling us he don't do that anymore. He don't heal anymore. He don't deliver anymore. Well, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. You know, he's kind of schizo. Sometimes he's into it. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he'll bless you. Sometimes he'll curse you or at least just let you be cursed. And God treats, people treat God like that. And they've been taught that. So some folks have to unlearn a bunch of stuff. They have to unlearn a a lot of really bad doctrine. And so that sometimes can cause a process. You know, cause a, you know, a, a time period to elapse before the person is actually walking in the fullness of the healing that God wants them to have now, today, today. Everybody say today. today. Today's the day. This is my time to receive from God. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's my time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Why don't you just, you got to tell yourself that. Say, now's my time. Now's my time. Today's my day. You got to stir yourself up because, you know, sometimes we just settle in a complacency of always putting things off to someday, someday, someday. I mean, a lot of folks put off God's goodness until they get to heaven. Well, you know, in the sweet by and by, when we all get to heaven... You know, then, oh, then we'll walk the streets of gold and then we'll walk in the blessing of God and they put it off until heaven. Dear Lord, my Jesus told us to pray that the Father's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what he told us to pray? Why are you waiting for heaven? He wants his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does God have two different wills? One for earth and one for heaven? No, 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 no. He wants his will that's being done in heaven. How many people know there's nobody sick in heaven? I, I mean, I just, I've never been there, but I don't know. I would be pretty shocked if when I die, I step out of my body, I step over into heaven, and I look and I see an angel going by in a wheelchair. You know? Or you just, you see Paul the Apostle up there just, you know, and his, his nose is all red and his eyes are watering. And he goes, man, these allergies up here are just, that tree of life, man, it is giving off so much pollen. <laughs> Right? And you're not going to see that when you get to heaven. It's not God's will. I said it's not his will. They're doing his will there. They're experiencing his will there. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bless God. Now, it might not be that way for everybody in the world, but it could be that way for you. 
if you pray it and believe it, if you receive it. Man, let's have days of heaven on earth. That's what it actually says over in the book of Deuteronomy, that your days may be like the days of heaven upon the earth. Days of heaven upon the earth. How many people could use a little more heaven on earth? A little bit more heaven on earth. You know, I don't need to show a hand. How many people would say a lot of my life's been hell on earth? You ever hear people talk about it? It's just hell. It's just hell on earth. Anybody hear stuff like that? People say things like that? You know, and then people believe that. They just, get, they just say amen. They don't say amen because it's not in church. But, you know, <laughs> you know, it's over at the bar, right? They're over at the bar. So it's just hell on earth. Say, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. They get their agreement. They just get right in agreement with it. Yeah, oh, man. And then they out, they out testify each other of the kind of hell they're experiencing on earth. You know, the kind of problems that they're... In other words, they're testifying of the devil and all the devil's doing in their life. Well, see, people just... They just latch on to that. You know, hell on earth. Well, why can't we just latch on to heaven on earth? Why can't we just believe the good? Why is it so easy to believe the evil and the bad report and so difficult to believe the good report? It should not be that way for us. We believe the good report. We hear something good. I don't care how crazy, how heavenly, how out of this world it is. We go, whoo! I mean, we just believe it. Yeah. We're just quick to believe good things. And we expect that from our God every day. Every day. Good things are happening. Good things are coming. Even in the midst of a trial and test. Even in the midst of going through tough times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. God's working. God, we don't just get devil conscious. We don't just get tribulation conscious. We don't get trouble conscious. You don't just get consumed with the trouble. Faith doesn't do that. Faith recognizes the trouble, but it also recognizes God, what God's saying. And it knows God's working. God's working. God's turning this thing around. You watch, man, we're going to come out of this thing with a testimony. Ooh, hallelujah. I mean, people are going to see the goodness of God in my life. You just watch. You just watch. You're going to witness a miracle. I mean, it's rough. We're going through some rough stuff right now, but you watch. We're going to see some miracles. Hallelujah. We're going to see some healings. We're going to see the power of God in our lives. His deliverance. Can you say amen? Because he's good. And so we're good conscious. We're good conscious. That's why I don't even like watching the news anymore. Most of it is fake anyway. Right? But I don't like watching the news anymore. I mean, it's like negative, negative, negative. Let me go buy the newspaper. I can't get enough on, on my television. So we go out and get a newspaper. Negative, 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 negative. People just, people just eating up all this negative. Friend, I got a great paper that you need to get your hands on. It's the good news. I said, it's the good news. Hallelujah. We need to get in the word of God and hear the good news. And I got news for you. God's good news is more real than all this other news that the world is, is telling you. They might be telling you the facts about some things, but the truth supersedes the facts. God's word is truth. And the truth supersedes the facts. In other words, the truth is eternal, but the facts that you're reading about in the newspapers, uh, that's all temporary. All, in other words, it's all subject to change. It's all subject to change. It can just change in a, in a flicker. I mean, everything can change. In a flicker, for the good or the bad, it can change. It can change. Well, for us, we're expecting good. We're expecting good. So, man, we don't just, 
We don't just hang our hats on the negative news and the facts that people are reporting in the world. I mean, when we hear the facts, we put it up against the truth and we say, okay, well, yeah, this is going on, that's going on, but this is how I'm praying. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm believing that God's doing. God's going to perform his word in my life, in this nation and around the world. Amen? And we're here to help him to do it. Because he needs folks to yield to him. He needs folks to cooperate with him. And that's why we shout. That's why we say amen. That's why we wave our hand in the air like we just don't care. Why do we do that? Because we're training ourselves to cooperate with him. To yield to him. So if he tells us to jump and run... When we're not supposed to, we do it. Yeah. Right? Just like he told, that, he told that man with a withered hand. Jesus was in the synagogue preaching. There was a man with a withered hand. And Jesus looked at him and said, stretch it out. What are you talking about? I can't stretch it out. I got a withered hand. But this man didn't say that apparently. He looked at Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, stretch it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just stretched it out and his hand was completely healed. He just yielded to it. Praise God. And the religious people, they got so mad at that that people were getting healed and delivered and people were yielding to the Spirit of God. Man, they, religion doesn't want you yielding to the Spirit of God. They want you to sit there and be quiet. Shh. Church. Shh. It's a holy place. Be quiet. Friend, I got news for you. Holy is not necessarily quiet. It can be quiet, but it could also just be very happy. Because, like I always say, the holy life is the happy life. Why? Because you're set apart from evil, and you're set apart unto God. Can you say amen? Oh, praise God forever. Somebody say, the Lord is good. And again, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So let's look a little bit more at Jesus tonight. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Now Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Which tells me, if he puts those together, healing is just as much a part of the gospel as preaching and teaching it is. Didn't say he preached and he taught, period. He, pre he preached, he taught, and he healed. That's what he did. He did all three. How do you know, we're supposed to be walking in his footsteps, doing the same works as Jesus. He told us that we're to be doing the same works as him, which means we're preaching, we're teaching, and we're healing. And we see that in Mark, the 16th chapter. This is the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his church, to his disciples. Any disciples of the Lord here tonight? Jesus said here in verse 15... Go into all the world. Again, this is after he's risen from the dead. Some of his final words to his disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature, 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So if you believe on Jesus, he said these signs will follow you. In my name they will cast out demons. They'll cast out demons. How many know that's what Jesus did? He cast out demons. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Or we could say, they will be healed. Because if they recover, they're healed. So notice, he says, go into all the world and what? Preach. And then he doesn't stop there. Just like Jesus went about doing good and preaching, teaching, and healing. He's called us to do the exact same thing. Preach it. Preach the word. Preach the gospel. And he said, cast out demons. Lay hands on the sick. And they'll recover. They will be healed. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he's the same. same. Yesterday, Yesterday. today forever. We're to be carrying out what Jesus began. Jesus began something. We see that in Acts, the first chapter. Acts 1. This is written by Luke. How many people know what other book of the Bible Luke wrote? Anybody have any idea what Luke might have wrote? He wrote Acts. What else? Luke. The Gospel of Luke. You guys are so quick tonight. I know you're going to get things. Praise God. I can just tell by the quickness. But notice what Luke said after writing Luke. After writing the Gospel of Luke, Luke said this, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Well, what's, he, what's the former account he's talking about? The Gospel of Luke. And he gave this account of all that Jesus began to do. All that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he says... Listen, the account that I made of Jesus from his birth and nativity all the way to his resurrection and being taken up to heaven, he said, that's all that he began to do. That's all that he began to do from his birth to his burial to his resurrection to the setting of the Holy Spirit. That was just the beginning. He just got the thing started. And what was he doing? He was preaching, he was teaching. And he was healing. It was just the beginning. Now he's passed that torch off to us. To us who have received the Holy Spirit from him. Now we have the Holy Spirit. We've received the power of God to be able to do the things Jesus did. In his name. Not in our own strength, our own power. But in the name of Jesus, we could cast out demons. In the name of Jesus, we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, demons still need to be cast out today. Sometimes that's necessary for people to be able to be healed. 
Sometimes you have to deal with a demon or devils. Sometimes you have to deal with an evil spirit in order for people to be healed. In fact, over in Mark chapter 1, and in verse 39, it starts off sounding a lot like Matthew 4.23. Again, what is Matthew 4.23? Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and what? Healing. Healing. Here in Mark's account, he says it this way. He says, and he, Jesus, was preaching in their synagogue throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. So here it doesn't, it mentions casting out demons instead of saying healing. It doesn't mention teaching, but again, it's preaching throughout all Galilee and casting out demons is replaced for healing. Well, which one's right? Both. Both. Because in some cases, you've got to deal with evil spirits in order for people to be healed. Because we understand sickness and disease is not a work of God. It's a work of the devil. The Bible is so clear about that. I don't know how anybody gets it confused. It is a work of the devil. Now, sometimes the devil, he just has these fiery darts. The book of Ephesians tells us, right? Tells us to put on the full armor of God, take up the shield of faith, which is able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Well, what do you think some of those fiery darts are? Well, how about, how about sickness? How about some kind of disease? Some kind of infirmity? Yeah. So he's got these fiery darts, and the Bible says our shield of faith will quench those fiery darts. Thank God faith will quench those fiery darts. You might get hit with symptoms. But thank God faith can rise up and just shut that down. Just quench it, praise God, and say, no, 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 that isn't going to happen to me. Jesus took that for me. Matthew 8, 17. Bring it up, Matthew 8, 17. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Hallelujah. If Jesus took it, I'm not going to take it. Faith says, I'm not going to take it. Faith quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one, which includes sickness and disease darts. Thank God. Thank God for it. So sometimes the devil, you know, from, from a distance, he fires these darts, and we get hit with these symptoms. And if we don't have faith, then those things can just begin to work on us and work on us. And next thing you know, our bodies start succumbing to it. And next thing you know, our bodies just get sicker and sicker and sicker. But thank God, even for folks that don't have faith, God has put in every human being something called the immune system. He's put in us antibodies, right? He's put things in us that rise up and fight, <clears throat> fights any kind of thing that's trying to violate its territory and tries to bring healing. You cut your hand, immediately the body begins to, the, it begins to clot that blood and, and then a scab forms, and next thing you know, before you know it, I mean, the perfect skin is covered, in it and it's just, you're completely healed. I mean, God put healing in our bodies. You don't even have to have faith for that to work. But now you can add faith to that and see things happen faster. 
And when the doctors say, well, we can't help you, you know, this is, this is beyond what we can do for you, or we can only do this, or we can only make you comfortable at this point, but we can't fix the problem. Thank God. God can fix the problem. God can fix it. God can heal it. What man can't do, God still can do. So nothing's hopeless. Nothing's hopeless for those that have faith in him. But sometimes people are afflicted by these fiery darts. And sometimes the devil himself is present with the person that's being oppressed, with the person that is being afflicted. There's an evil spirit that's actually present. In other words, they weren't just hit by a fiery dart from the enemy, but the enemy is clinging to their life. The enemy is clinging to their life and causing them to be afflicted and to continue to be afflicted. In those cases, it's not just a matter of healing. There's some deliverance involved in that. There's dealing with the devil. There's getting the devil out of that person's life. We see an account over in Luke chapter 13. And in verse 10, it says, Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. A what? She didn't just have infirmity. She had, a, she had a spirit of infirmity. And she had it for 18 years. And was bent over and in could no way raise herself up. So there was something that caused this woman to walk around hunched over. I don't know. You know, maybe something in her spine, this infirmity got into her spine, maybe arthritis or something. We don't, we don't know exactly what it was in the natural, but in the spirit, the Bible says it was a spirit of infirmity. The spirit of, see now, if you went to the doctor, you go to the chiropractor, the chiropractor will examine you and he looks, he says, you got a bulging disc over here. You've got some deterioration over here. And uh, it looks like this and it looks like that. And they can help you. They can help you, you know, in some, of these, in some of these cases. You know, they can show you, point out to you in the natural some of the things that are going on and some natural things you can do to remedy the problem. Thank God for it. That's a gift from God, just like our immune system. God's given us doctors. God's given us medical science. You know, the devil sure didn't. That's God. That's God inspiring people and helping us. What that, what that chiropractor, what that doctor is not going to see on that x-ray is the spirit of infirmity that's there. They're not going to see that. And so that's why some things are chronic and it just won't go away. It just won't go away. They treat it, they treat it, they treat it, and then they're at a loss. Go, I don't know why they didn't fix it. I don't know why that didn't straighten it out. Because there's something else there in the spirit that needs to go. There's an evil spirit. So here, he said, here's this woman. I mean, she's obviously a godly woman, God-fearing woman. She's in the synagogue. She's in there worshiping God. But here she is for 18 years. She's bent over with the spirit of infirmity and could no way raise herself up. Verse 12. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, 
you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. Now, we just read over in Mark chapter 16 that not only should we be preaching the gospel, but he said believers will lay hands, <clears throat> lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. See, we're supposed to be doing the same things Jesus did. He laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. He was violating the Sabbath, their, their little, you know, off day. And it was more important to them about keeping the Sabbath than seeing this woman completely healed. He answered with indignation. Can you imagine this? This woman's been coming to his synagogue for 18 years probably in a lot of pain, suffering like this. And now he sees her standing up straight. She, immediately, she's healed. She's completely free. And this little religious nut-nut, it's the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing that. Can you imagine that? That's the devil. I'll tell you that right now. That's a demon operating in somebody. For somebody to be indignant and angry about God doing something so wonderful like that. Only a, religious, only a religious demon, spirits of infirmity, there's religious demons too. Only a religious demon would get mad at that and mock that and say, God, don't do that today. That's, that's all the devil. No, he got, he got indignant about it. And then Jesus rebuked him, calls, called him a hypocrite. And in verse 16 said, so ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all of his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Notice that. Jesus said concerning this woman that she was bound by Satan. See, again, it was a spirit of infirmity, and this demon had her, had her held in this bondage. You know, I, I know a minister that uh, was a prophet of God, and there was somebody that was dealing with major migraine headaches, major migraine headaches, terrible pain. They were just tormented with it. And, and this minister had a vision. God opened his eyes to see into the realm of the spirit. Thank God for visions. Thank God God still opens people's eyes today to see things, to help people. His eyes were open and he saw this, this monkey-like creature, this demon creature with its arms around this guy's head just holding him with a vice grip around his head. And so this minister saw that and he rebuked the spirit, told the spirit, Loose him. Leave him. That spirit, in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus works. Yeah. Right? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. So, so he said, in Jesus' name, that demon let go of that guy. And he went, whoo, he, he didn't see the demon. This man did. And that demon let go. And this person experienced complete healing, complete freedom. See, sometimes you got to deal with the evil spirit. Now, this is the Bible. This is what we're told to do. Cast out demons. One of the first things he told us, part of the Great Commission. Preach the gospel and cast out demons. And lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. 
So it's important to be led by the Spirit concerning these things. Satan wants to bind people. I heard someone say this one time that sickness is the foul offspring of its mother's sin and father Satan. In other words, sickness and disease has two parents, father Satan, mother sin, mother sin. Sin is what connects us with the devil. It was sin that gave Satan authority over the earth in the very beginning. It was sin that released Satan to rule over mankind, caused the powers of darkness to blind people's eyes and to afflict people and oppress people. It was sin that did that. Sin is in this world. It's in this world. And because sin is in the world, because the world is a sinful place, demons are loose in this world, afflicting people, harassing people, oppressing people. But Jesus came and he took our sins. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter, the second chapter. And in verse 22, it says concerning Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was guile found in his mouth. That's why that devil couldn't do anything to Jesus. The devil couldn't stop Jesus. Jesus was a wrecking ball to the devil's kingdom. He was a, he was a human wrecking ball. And uh, the devil couldn't stop him because he, he had no sin. In other words, he had no connection to the devil. No connection. Noah's guile, deceit found in his mouth. Verse 23, who when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. How many people have failed at that? You don't have to raise your hand. He didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself, talking about Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Notice that. He bore our sins in his body. In other words, we can say he bore our connection to Satan, our connection to spirits of infirmity and devils of disease. Jesus bore that sin connection for us, and thus became sickness and disease for us. He became something of the devil for us on that cross. That's what Jesus accomplished for it. So that by his stripes or by his wounds, you were healed. He broke Satan's connection. He broke Satan's power over mankind by taking our sins so that through him, you and I are healed. Somebody say, Satan has no connection to me. Through Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus. Yeah, the Bible says that through Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. The righteousness of God. In fact, I just want to turn to it. Sometimes these things register better when we look at them, right? So let's go to, let's go to what is that, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians 5. 
tells us we're the righteousness of God in him. Is, do I have that right? Huh? Second Corinthians, huh? Second Corinthians 5? Second Corinthians 5. Verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Thank God we're new creations. And then in verse 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. See, we're not old sinners anymore. Man, we're just old sinners saved by grace. That's unscriptural. You're not an old sinner. You're a new creation. That's what we just read. We're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And in fact, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have his righteousness now. What does that mean? That means we're connected to God. We are connected to God through the righteousness of God that is in Jesus. Now we're connected to God. The sin connection to Satan and thus to sickness and disease we've been set free from. Hallelujah. Praise God. So turning to Jesus, turning to his righteousness, sets us free from sin. From all our sins. They're washed away. And now Satan has no place in our life. But now Jesus did say to someone one time over in John chapter 5, verse 14, a man who had been crippled for many, many years, I think it was 30 years, 30 years the man was crippled. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? And then Jesus said to him, stand up on your feet. And the man was healed instantly, totally healed. Jesus, Jesus later said to him in verse 14, afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you have been made well, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Don't, 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 go, to, go, to go, don't go back to sin anymore. Don't go back to that way of life anymore. You've been set free. You've been made the righteousness of God. Now don't go, don't go back to that, lest... A worse thing come on you. See, you've been set free. That connection to sin and Satan and sickness and disease and infirmity, it's been broken. You're a free man. Now, don't, don't go back. Don't go back. Move on in this new life that God has for you. Move on into this new life that God has for you. Praise God. And as, as we walk with God, you know, we'll find as we get in the Word and are led by the Spirit of God, God will reveal to us things that, that it doesn't produce life. He'll say, now, uh, doing that does not produce life. Change that. Stop the reviling. Stop the cursing. Stop this. Stop that. He'll say, don't, don't do that anymore. Stop doing that. Because that's not life. That's not going to produce life in you. And so he's helping us. And when he shows us things, man, what do we do? We recognize we're going the wrong way. We repent. What does that mean? We turn. We turn to Jesus, we turn to the way that he's showing us to go. Right? We turn to the way that he's telling us to go and we follow in the path that he has for us. And what's he doing? He's leading us 
and guiding us in the truth that sets us free. He's leading us into a free, victorious life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to watch about getting stuck on something so that you're controlled by it, and even though God deals with you, you're not willing to let go of it. Now you won't depart from it, and you're going to hang on to that thing. And now the enemy's got place in your life, and he's afflicting you. He's causing problems for you. This isn't the case in everybody's situation, but it is the case in some situations. And so what do we need to do? We need to repent. We need to turn to the Lord. We need to make that adjustment and allow God to just cleanse us, wash us, and heal us. Set us free from that demonic connection. Say, devil, you got no connection here. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, praise God. If we're called to cast out demons, how much more should you and I be free of them? How much more should you and I be free of demons? Right? I mean, we're called to cast them out of other people. Set other people free of demons. How much more should we be free of them? Yes, we should be completely free of them. Devil, he can't get near us. He throws fiery darts around, but man, we just quench them. We just quench those fiery darts, and the devil, he just can't get too close. He can't put a headlock on you. He can't get his, he can't get his mitts on you. Right? Because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. You're connected to God. You're connected to God through Jesus. And it's through that connection, healing flows into your life and through your life to other people. So sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes folks have to do a self-examination and say, am I walking in the light that God has given me? Is number one, is Jesus the Lord of my life? Is Jesus the Lord of my life? That's number one. To make sure Jesus is the Lord of your life. Because if he's the Lord of your life, then all your sins are, are washed away and the devil's got no connection to you. He's got no connection to you. So guess what follows? Any kind of repentance and turning to Jesus. Healing. Healing. Amen? I mean, that's what the Apostle Peter said when he stood up and he was preaching. To a crowd of people in Acts, the fourth chapter, in Acts, oh, actually, Acts chapter 3, he spoke in verse 19, and he said, repent, turn, therefore be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, hallelujah, may come from the presence of the Lord. That times of refreshing. He says, repent, be converted, turn your life over to Jesus, and what's going to happen? Well, you're going to live a little religious life. No, he said, bless God, times of refreshing are going to come from God's presence. Hallelujah. How do you know it's refreshing when you get healed? Huh? I mean, if you're bound by the devil, you're bound by some kind of firmity, you're dealing with any kind of pain, discomfort, it's hard to find a comfortable place to sit. Thank God. If we repent and turn to Jesus. What did he say will come? Times of refreshing. Oh, hallelujah. That means times of healing. Healing is refreshing. Praise God. Thank God for the healing, refreshing wave of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God moving across this place tonight.
to refresh, to revive, to quicken our mortal bodies, to cause our bodies to be healed, for our bodies to function the way God designed it to function. Amen. Not bound, not afflicted, but free. Totally free. Jesus said, he on the sun sets free is free indeed. That means completely free, not just a little free. And Jesus, I love what he said over in Luke's gospel, chapter 5, verse 23. He said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk, or rise up and be healed. Jesus said, which is easier to say? Because one comes with the other. Healing comes with forgiveness. Your sins are forgiven. Rise up and walk. Rise up and be healed. Rise up and be delivered. The connection to those things have been broken. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. So that's the first step in getting over and receiving healing from God. First thing is to make sure Jesus is the Lord of your life. Make sure that he's the one that you are following. Repent from the old and turn to Jesus. And then if you've already done that, but you've been kind of dragging your feet with walking with the Lord, kind of still walking in some of the old ways that God's saying, no way to those ways. Come on, that's not the way anymore. That's not the way to life anymore. Turn from that, turn from that. But you're dragging your feet in that. Tonight's the, time, tonight's the night to turn. It's just time to say, I'm done with that. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm following the Lord. I'm going to walk in his liberty. I'm going to walk in his victory. I'm going to walk in his freedom. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Glory be to God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.